I'm not the most mature person in the world. I think that's fair to say. I'm not an adult most of the time. I am petty. I am sarcastic. I am childish. So you knew this podcast was coming, didn't you? What's going on, everybody? It's your buddy. It's your pal, Spaz Phoenix, the YWC Reality Check, here to talk about not the war on Tuesday night, more like the slaughter on Tuesday night. But, put my big boy pants on for just one second, and I will say this right off the bat. If you are somebody that likes AEW, that likes what they have to offer, that followed the Bucks and the and the Omegas and the Hangmans and, and all of those guys through their indie career, and really genuinely just wanted something that wasn't WWE, and what they do scratches your itch, this podcast is not directed at you. Enjoy your shit. I enjoy my shit. I inter or not interviewed. I reviewed the fuck out of classic black and gold Triple H rock and roll NXT because that was exactly my shit. And not very many people were on my side. So, if AEW is your shit, honestly, with the with the nicest intentions possible, stop listening to this podcast right now because this podcast is not directed at you. This is directed at AEW and more specifically at Tony Khan, but at AEW and the massive L they took on Tuesday. Oh, yes. Because we're going to get a reprisal of the Wednesday Night War. NXT is going to get wiped back off the mat just after they just got themselves back on the map, just after they recovered from NXT 2.0 and the disaster that that was. And, and Tony Khan's just going to walk in and clear house and AEW's going to plant that gold and silver flag, whatever you call their logo, and they're going to they're gonna demolish Tuesdays just like they demolished Wednesdays, and even if they lose in the viewers, they'll get the demo, and I'll get to that in a second. Oh yes, the preamble, the preamble that went into this Tuesday, and yes, there are people that I like on AEW. I was interested in the debut of Adam Copeland on Dynamite. And yeah, because they falsely advertised it, yeah, sure, Mox and uh, Ray Phoenix would have been cool. Oh, but, you know, they didn't know at the last minute. They never told you. They never told you, and they knew a week ahead of time. Let's get into it. Oh, but uh, NXT, they're, they're cheating. NXT's cheating. That was the big... That was the big large stick to beat them with because people made up rules in their heads that NXT wasn't WWE. So it's cheating. They're bringing in legends. Well, no, as of right now, until the SAG after strike is over, John Cena's back on the roster. He's wrestled this month. Cody Rhodes is an active member of the roster. Asuka's an active member of the roster. And what is that roster? That roster is WWE. The roster is WW-fucking-E. The roster includes Raw, SmackDown, NXT, NXT Level Up, Main Event, anything else you want to pull out of your ass. Now, is anybody watching Level Up or Main Event? Absolutely fucking not. Don't get me wrong. But the argument 
that WWE cheated by putting WWE people on a WWE show and then when they ran an ad on SmackDown and on the pay-per-view that they cheated by advertising a WWE show on another WWE show, you can stick it up your ass. Oh, yes. Oh, but they're, do they're doing the, the, the half-hour lead-in. That's a cheat. They've got John Cena on there. That's a cheat. you got Undertaker on there. It's a cheat. Undertaker's there for, like, maybe two minutes at the end of the show. Just, just saying. But it's a cheat. Now, on the other side of the coin, Cracky Khan did the same commercial-free half-hour. Turned it into a commercial-free 45 minutes, which he's absolutely allowed to do. Don't get me wrong. He's allowed to. He's running the show. He's allowed to. See the difference between you and me right now, AEW fans? Sure, it's his show. He can do that. He had people... Oh, man, the, the people that were on Dynamite this week, I've seen them on Collision. Why are they on Dynamite? I've, I've seen them on, on uh, Rampage. Why are they on Dynamite? I've seen some of them on ROH. Why are they on Dynamite? Isn't that cheating? Um... I saw the debut of the former Edge, currently Adam Copeland, that was postponed from last week. I think you would have had the the brand new debuting talent from the pa that sh just showed up on the pay per view on the very next night. But no, you postponed that in ring debut a week. Why is that a cheat? You also got an overrun. You advertised the overrun. Now NXT does overrun all the time. Don't get me wrong; they both overran tonight. But you advertise that in advance, hoping to scoop up and, and and make up some of your losses at the end of the night. You, you, Tony Khan, put a pre-show on YouTube, treating this like it was a fucking pay-per-view. And still, and so you did two hotshot title changes. But none of that is cheating. But WWE using their own talent, WWE using their other shows to advertise their other shows, that's where the cheating comes in. But it's okay. WWE are going to learn their lesson. Shawn Michaels and Triple H, the evil, evil new bosses, those big bullies at TKO, they're going to learn their lesson because AEW is going to show them what they're made of. And even if we get a decent number, we're going to win in the demo. First of all, I know we have to do math with AEW and Tony Khan. First of all, we need to teach him that 72 is not 81 and is definitely not 93. We had to do that math not too long ago. But, Tony Khan, Cracky Khan, if you can get your thumbs off of your Twitter machine and stop bitching about Vince McMahon, who no longer runs WWE, you would see simple numbers, simple math. I'm, I'm, I'm going to break this down nice and easy for you. The same as... 72 is not 81, is not 93. 609,000 viewers is not 921,000. Go fuck yourself. And I'll be very clear about this because I'm personally not celebrating this because I think it's a bullshit metric. I think it is a bullshit metric. If you have one and a half times as many people watching your show than the other guy, then you've won. I don't care whether they're five or whether they're 75. But the demo, oh my God, my demos though. 30, 26, eat it. Even your own rules, even your own skewed metrics, even your own ageist way of looking at things because we don't have actual numbers, let's fabricate some didn't end in your favor. The odds, what's the, what's the line from the movie? The odds were not in your favor tonight. Cracky Con. Oh yes. Remember that? Remember, uh, I've even said it. 
I've even said it. NXT, as the proper third brand, one-third of WWE going up against the entirety of AEW, ROH, and whoever they can bring in, yeah, they lost. They lost a lot the Wednesday Night War. And then when they won, you guys have heard me talk about this a lot. You guys have heard me talk about the, one, the, the, the night that NXT won. Now, I'm not one for, for showing mercy in a victory. I'm really not. But in the entire how many years, when, when NXT already existed on Wednesday, let's, free, let's not, uh, when we start having that counter-programming argument, NXT already existed on Wednesday before AEW conveniently decided to drop it in the same place. And they wiped the floor with us. Because it was an entire company rather than one-third of a company. It was an entire company that had another minor company that worked with Impact, that worked with New Japan, that brought in everybody, taking on one-third of WWE. So there you go. There's your little gift-wrapped fake win that you had for a while. And on the black and gold side of things, we had to eat that for a long time. But even December 18th, I remember it because I've done content on it. The night we beat Dynamite. The night we beat Dynamite. The night that started off with Finn Balor versus Adam Cole and ended off with the crowning of Rhea Ripley over Shayna Baszler in the main event. We won. We had one singular night. And you absolute cockwobbles couldn't give the other side one night. I said it <coughs> in my preview, in my review of the show. If they win, if they get the numbers, if they get the actual viewership, which is the number that should matter, I will tip my cap to them and I will say WWE needs to do something. Why can't they do the same thing? One night, NXT, and then then where it, it ingrained itself onto, on all of social media. And am I biased? Fuck yeah, I'm biased. We need to stop treating that like it's a bad fucking word. Yes, I'm biased. WWE is better than AEW. The numbers don't always show it, but WWE is better than AEW. After the Punk stuff, after the Sammy stuff, after the stuff that happened with Thunder Rosa, after they almost blew up Cody Rhodes' fucking dog, WWE is better than AEW. And we're going to talk about something else, don't you worry about that. But the one night, we beat you. The one night, the numbers creeped over the border onto our side of the fence. Uh, my, uh, my, my demos, though, my demos, though, um... You got more numbers than us, so we're going to try and find a way to make that not true. That was fake. Oh, but that's what networks pay attention to and, and whatever. For years and years and years, whenever somebody said something cool happened in WWE and, oh, they're going to get a great great new TV deal or they sold a bunch of tickets at WrestleMania or whatever, it's like, well, why do you you care? You don't have their money. The money doesn't help you. Why do you, why do you care so much about somebody else's money? Why do you care what the network thinks? Why can you not just accept if five people watch a show over here and ten people watch a show over here, this side entertained more people. This side gave enjoyment, gave their product, which is the entertainment, to more people. They chose it. If I go to Harvey's and somebody, like five people over there buy burgers and ten people buy burgers at McDonald's, because McDonald's, also better, by the way, then McDonald's wins. WWE wins. WWE's been winning for a long time, but for those of us that have been on the NXT train, and the NXT train hasn't always been great, this is good. Just, and back a couple years ago, December 18th, was good. My demos, though. 30-26. 30-26, which is a number that doesn't matter to me. 
but it matters to you, and that's what makes it funny to me. The number that actually matters, we dwarfed them. We absolutely dwarfed them. 921,000 to 609,000. And I see people out there today, oh, with all that help and whatever, NXT couldn't get the million. When was the last time, without a lot of help, that AEW got a million consistently? No. But, on the other side of the coin, Raw consistently over a million and a half, and SmackDown over two. That's your actual shows. That's your, that's your Dynamite and Collision comparison, if you think you're even remotely uh, a competitor to, to WWE. And, if you haven't noticed, people are finally... They're not even people that I like, but objectively it's a moral victory that the people who have per perhaps seen both sides of the fence ha actually see where the greener side is. Cody helped make the fucking company, and he came back. Jade Cargill went on a rant and a rampage about how, oh, you know, WWE was never right for me, AEW's the place to be. Yeah. Where's Jade Cargill now? Brian Pillman Jr., we're going to talk about in a second. Um, Nathan Frazier, not the biggest name in WWE, but that's another one. You're looking at a couple other ones. The rumors pop up every day of people who maybe made the jump from WWE to AEW because they thought the grass would be greener. And how many of them are getting featured? How many of them are going to come back? The immediate rumor mill about... FTR after they lost their titles. No, they're not coming. FTR are not coming back to WWE. I'm not propositioning that whatsoever. But the immediate rumor mill, it's like, ah, oh, I bet they're coming back because, you know, they could actually elevate themselves again. But this is just, it's just, it's just good. Well, yeah, we're going to, we're going to smoke them anyway. Oh, Triple H and Shawn Michaels are cheating. And we'll make up some new rules to explain why they're cheating. And then when. Cracky Khan tries to compare this, to, like, they tried to treat it like a pay-per-view. They did. They gave it a pre-show. They gave it an overrun. They had a brand new debut. They had shock title change. They fucked Soraya out of a title. <laughs> Let's be real for a second. For a shock title change. You replaced Dean Ambrose with the Orange Juice Man. And I like the Orange Juice Man. He's fine. He won me over. But a lot of people that tuned in for that segment or tuned in at the beginning of that episode we're tuning in for John Moxley and, and Orange Cassidy and John Moxley. I'm just putting that one out there. Shout out to Ray Phoenix as well. Ray Phoenix is a fucking goat. Don't let me don't let me take anything away from that guy. And don't let me take anything away from the talent that AEW has. Because it's there. Clearly it's there. The squash by Wardlow was awesome. Jay White managed to carry Hangman Page to a relatively decent match. I mean, that's a that's a big cross to bear, but it is what it is. The debut of Edge in the main event of Dynamite that I watched on PVR because I watched the good show first. The debut of Edge in AEW, let's just copy their homework and copy the entrance, except he can't run to both sides of the stage because there's not that many fans to gesticulate at, was cool. It's cool to see people that you like in different places. I get that. That's absolutely fine. But all of that, the illusion that you were getting a Moxley match, a Moxley title match, the debut of Edge that you purposely de uh, delayed for a week, the overrun, the advertised overrun the the pre-show okay we got to get eddie kingston on the show for some fucking reason um like i say you kind of fucked over soraya but i get it hikaru shina is one of your home talents and hikaru shina is 
no no uh, slump in her own right either. So shock title changes. Let's give it a kickoff. Let's give it an exchange, uh, an extension on the other end. You know they're doing a half hour commercial free. We'll do forty five minutes because we're we're petty like that. And the entire time the show's going on, Cracky Khan isn't paying attention to his show. Is paying attention to Twitter and bitching about Vince McMahon like it's twenty seventeen. Oh yes. So let's break this down. Let's have some more fun with this, because there's one other thing that he did, one other little cheat that he tried to pull that is really coming back to bite him in the ass, and that's delicious too, because so often, some of the shit, and I'll say it, I'll say it right now, WWE's done a lot of fucked up shit. As a WWE fan, I will tell you that WWE has done a lot of fucked up shit. I will admit I will shake my head at the amount of fucked up shit WWE has done. Why can't you do the same? Why can't you do the same? That's my question to all of you. If you're an AEW fan and you're still listening, God bless you, first of all. It means you're at least open-minded enough to hear what I have to say, so props to you for that. But WWE fans will be the first ones to tell you that WWE has done some fucked up shit. We're going to talk about what Tony Khan thought was acceptable a little later on, but I'm going to do a little bit of a breakdown. First of all, Shout out to WrestleNomics and, um, what's the other one? It's on the tip of my tongue. No DQ, who gave me the update, who was the first ones that I read the raw numbers from the 921 versus 609. The 30 versus the 26. Um, it was uh, NoDQ.com aggregating information from WrestleNomics, so go check them out. Now, the bigger graphic, the bigger fun that I'm going to have with you guys right now is a graphic. I don't know who initially made it, but um, it says it's from Nielsen and WrestleNomics, but it was posted by Zylot, so go follow Zylot on Twitter as well. Posts a lot of cool shit like this. This is the actual breakdown, and if you're done with me bragging, and if you want to jump off, I get it. I don't get to do this very often. I am on the team that gets all the slings and arrows, and we got a fucking win. So am I going to celebrate it? Am I going to be obnoxious about it? Am I going to, you know, run the flag up the flagpole? Whatever shitty metaphor you want to use. Am I going to do all that shit? Yes. Am I going to be a child? Am I going to be immature? Yes. Am I going to be boastful? Yes. Am I going to scream it from the rooftops? And if I didn't live in an area of Ontario that was, that doesn't allow fireworks, would I be setting off some fireworks right now? Absolutely fucking yes. Come call me a child. Come call me a child and then turn over the channel and watch your dinosaurs and aliens fighting in orange juice wrestling. I don't care. I literally don't care. Let's break it down by the quarter hours to see exactly what beat what. Because I love it. I've never actually done, I've never actually looked into this. I've gone for the raw number, the, the raw viewership number, because that's always the one that's interested me. But I've never done the, the quarter hour thing. So we're going to do that. The first quarter hour on AEW had the Christian opening promo. And Brian Danielson, you know, the best wrestler in the world, Brian Danielson versus Swerve Strickland, who's just kind of a psychopath. Christian promo was pretty good. Brian Danielson versus Swerve Strickland is a heck of a match. Don't get me wrong. On the other side of the coin, you've got Cody Rhodes, son of Dusty Rhodes, showing up in NXT for the first time, putting over NXT, making several announcements that are going to affect the future of NXT. The men's tournament, he gives the props to the ladies' tournament that's already going on. He announces the recurrence of the Dusty Cup and makes himself GM for the night. He gets to interact with the champion, Ilya Dragunov, and Ilya Dragunov is challenged by Dominic Mysterio, who has past history with Cody Rhodes. It all makes sense. Bit of a promo train. I get it. 
that's that's a stick you can beat WWE with. But Christian Promo, Brian Danielson versus Swerve Strickland um, on one side of the coin. Cody Rhodes, Ilya Dragunov, Dominic Mysterio setting up a match for later on the night on the other side of the coin. NXT, 991. Thousand, AEW seven thirty one thousand. The next quarter, you've got Danielson versus Strickland continued, uh, plus the Chris Jericho Powerhouse Hobbs squash. Now I want to say something about that. Chris Jericho put over Powerhouse Hobbs in an amazing squash, and you don't really say that very often because usually a squash is a squash, but this was an amazing squash. Uh, Chris Jericho is referred to a lot of times as a credibility leech. Uh, he jumps on whatever the new thing is because he wants to put the spotlight on himself. He kind of gets hit with the same slings and arrows that somebody like a Charlotte Flair does in WWE in the sense of, oh, they're out for themselves, they're out to make themselves look good, they never do anything for anybody else. Him doing this is what Charlotte did at Fastlane for Asuka and Io Shirai. Just, put, just gonna put that one out there. Even though he's in AEW, I have to give the credit where it's due. Jericho did, uh, did the work as they say, and Powerhouse Hobbs looks like a million bucks. Let's be real. Him with Don Callis ain't the worst thing in the world. On the other side of the coin, you got Asuka versus Roxanne Perez. Oh, it's cheating. It's a really cool match for Roxanne Perez, who realistically doesn't need to be on NXT. Just get the fuck over it. And you had the first little bit of the bar fight that was Tyler Bate, Butch, and Ridge Holland versus Gallus. So a bit of the bar fight and the Oscar and Roxanne Perez match going head-to-head -head with the end of the Danielson Strickland match and the Chris Jericho Powerhouse Hobbs squash. NXT 956,000. AEW down to 655,000. Next one. Next one. The third, the third quarter, even though there's eight quarters, which mathematically doesn't make sense, but that's fine. The last three minutes of the Jericho versus Hobbs match, the really shitty sketches that they have Adam Cole doing right now, and the beginning of Orange Cassidy versus Ray Phoenix, which, to, again, to its credit, was a good match, but it wasn't what was advertised. Bit shady. On the other side of the coin, you've got the second half of the bar fight and a promo, a promo video for Becky Lynch versus Lara Valkyrie at Halloween Havoc, which I am looking forward to, by the way. Now... Even I will say, go back to my review, the bar fight was every every multi-person brawl you've ever seen. It was nothing special. On the other side of the coin, you've got the last three minutes of Jericho putting over Hobbs, but then you've got a bunch of silly stuff with Adam Cole and whatever. So, sort of a lull, and I will say, although I'm sticking to the whole demo, the demo shit doesn't matter, this is the only quarter hour where AEW rose above NXT. This, the third quarter hour of the eight quarter hours of the thing. It's the only, they never touched them in the numbers, still 861,000 to 673,000. But they did raise over them in the demo, just the demo, just for 15 minutes. So I'll give you, I'll give you that little piece of bread, you little fucking duck on the pond. There we go. We don't need to talk about it anymore. In the fourth quarter, we had the finish of the Phoenix versus Cassidy match. We had the weird black and white Tony Storm stuff that I don't really fully understand. We had a really cool squash for Wardlow. Good for him. A lot of stuff in the back with Jericho, Jericho and the former members of the JAS. And we had Jay White trying to pull Hangman Page to an entertaining match. On the other side of the coin, you had a bunch of ads and John Cena and Braun Breaker having a promo battle. <laughs>
a John Cena Braun Breaker promo battle up against Ray Phoenix, Orange Cassidy, Tony Storm, Wardlow, Matt Seidel, Jericho, Garcia, Menard, Jay White, and the Hungman, Adam Page. NXT 909,000 AEW down to 589. Beautiful. Gorgeous. Now, into the fifth quarter. You've got the end of the Jay White Adam Page match, which, like I say, I I would I would take an extra nap in my day rather than ever see a Hangman Page match. But Jay White is awesome. Jay White I wasn't exposed to, as most of you guys know, until he did his mini like impact version of Bullet Club. I really like Jay White. I hope he hops over. I really, really do. The end of the Jay White thing and the entire promo that came after it, which I'm not touching right now. We're going to talk about that later. Um, powerful stuff. Impactful stuff. Positive stuff? Mm -mm, not, not so much. MJF's fucking goat. If, if WWE gets their hands on MJF, I think AEW could be in some legitimate trouble. But that credit goes to him. I saw MJF, actually, at Destiny. Check it out for Spass Phoenix Bucket List. It's fine. Taking on Josh Alexander uh, for Destiny's Championship. And I'd never seen him before. And I'm like, okay, this, this is a guy that's going to AEW. This is somebody to keep an eye on. And I've said for years, yeah, discount Miz, whatever it is, what it is. But he's actually Miz turned up to 12. So good for him. That match and that great promo segment, which a lot of people said was the promo, like was the highlight of the night, so to speak, as far as the emotional stuff and all that, was going up against Cody Rhodes in the back meeting Tony D and Stax, Baron Corbin doing some stuff, um, Mysterio, and the beginning of Mysterio Ilya Dragunov for the NXT Championship. A very, very predictable Dominic Mysterio going for a world title match. LA Knight as the referee. Yeah, it was good. It's fine. It's all good. So a bunch of silly stuff in the back and the beginning of a match that we knew Dom wasn't going to win versus Jay White and Adam Page. NXT shoots up to 958,000. AEW continues to creep down to 549. Oh, yes. In the next quarter, Jay White, MJF, Juice Robinson, the live promo, and then some more of that weird Tony Storm black and white shit versus the last three minutes of Dominic versus Dragunov uh, segment with John Cena, Trick Williams, and Carmelo Hayes in the back. A bunch of ads. Jade Cargill showing up on NXT because fuck AEW and meeting Shawn Michaels. Uh, Cody Rhodes interacting with Baron Corbin backstage. Dominic and Ripley interact with some jammers. And the beginning of the one and only uh, women's breakout tournament match of the night. So all that backstage stuff and the beginning of a uh, of, the, of a breakout match taking on what was apparently the best segment of AEW. NXT dips a little bit to 9.14. AEW sort of stays stagnant at 5.57. 914,000 to 557,000. It doesn't look good. Even the stuff on NXT that I'm admitting is silly is beating you know, the best parts of your show. Now, here we go. Now, NXT does come down in the next quarter a little bit. It comes down to 887,000 from 914. So, a little bit of a decline for my guys. It's fine. Hikaru Shida, the, the bulk of the Hikaru Shida versus Soraya w, or AEW Women's Championship match up against two beginners in the NXT Women's Breakout Tournament. 
uh, going up against Paul Heyman doing some stuff backstage, and the, um, what do you call it, the Brian Pillman Jr. becomes Lexus King promo. And I will say, uh, putting the Lexus King promo up against the Don Callis Takeshita promo, that really wasn't fair. That That's a loaded gun right there, because I thought the Lexus King uh, promo, even though it was a pre-tape, which is, you have to judge that a little bit differently, was really good. And Callis, I've already seen enough of in that particular episode. So, NXT came down a little bit. AEW kind of stayed where it was. Your Women's Championship versus NXT's Women's Beginners got smoked 887 to 558. Let's just go. The last quarter of the evening, without the overrun was, oh my god, I just lost myself on the graphic. MJF has his weird promo with the... They're doing so... Okay, mm, we're going to do two things in one when I talk about this later on. Um, Christian Cage live promo with Adam and uh, Adam Copeland versus Luchasaurus gets started. Adam Copeland's debut on AEW, by the way, against Luchasaurus. Um, on the other side of the bracket, in this particular quarter hour, where we've got Asuka interacting with some of the ladies in the back, Carmelo Hayes versus Braun Breaker, that match starts with Cena and Heyman at the ringsides or whatever. They didn't actually get involved that much. Um, but yeah, MJF and the Acclaimed in the back doing weird stuff, and like I say, the debut of Edge on AEW going up against Hayes and... Carmelo, which was a rematch of their match WrestleMania weekend. 886,000 to 559,000. Oh, yes. Now, the overrun. They both had an overrun. This is one of those, they both, they both did a thing, things, right? Um, I think both of them were approximately eight minutes, so similar amount of time. Uh, it's not like the beginning where NXT decided to go a half hour commercial free and uh, AEW said, well, we're going to do even more commercial free stuff. Okay, good for you. So Copeland, Luchasaurus, post-match with Christian, Nick Wayne, Danielson, Castagnoli, and every, everybody that you could think of that's involved or even semi-involved with any of these guys coming down at the end versus Hayes and Breaker and the post-match with The Undertaker. 960,000 to 606,000 in the overrun. 960 to 606. There's your breakdown. There is your breakdown. Now, the last trick that AEW thought they could pull out here, and I'm going to take the sarcasm out of my voice because it's actually pretty fucked up. So I want to, all the, all the, all the, uh, competitive shit, yes, I get passionate about that too, because I like what I like, and as you should, I go back to what I said once again, AEW fans, like what you like, be as obnoxious as me, all good, all good, don't tell me something that's not true, don't, oh, uh, Kenny Omega just won a gold medal in the 2024 wrestling Olympics, even though it hasn't happened yet, so you should cheer for him, I'm just gonna call you out on an active lie there. The stuff, okay, I didn't think about this until just now as I was going through the bracket there, because uh, this wasn't what I was going to focus on. The whole thing with Max Caster and MJF, yes, I know they have history, yes, I know they train together, yes, I know they they have uh, pre-AEW history, so they, they're probably cool with this. It's, it's hinging on the homophobic, I'm just saying, that's all I'm going to say about that. It's not my place to say, but it's sort of got that uncomfortable level. What I don't like, and what I will say, even though it's not my place to say, I've 
God knows I've been told a lot. The MJF Juice Robinson stuff. And this is not a dig at MJF. Apparently MJF has a plan with all this, and he's doing some advocacy stuff for the Jewish community, which, like I say, I'm not a part of. Let me be clear on that. But he told the story, and he has told the story before, and he told it, I think, last week about when he was a kid, and he was picked on for being Jewish, and they threw coins at him, and whatever, and hateful, and whether you want to say racist, or biased, or anti-Semitic, or whatever the case may be. The, the linchpin was him as a small kid with no friends, uh, nobody, nobody to stick up for him, nobody to defend him, and getting pelted with coins. So the response is that Juice Robinson comes out with a roll of coins with his name on them. And Friedman is a Jewish name. It is. Not saying every single person on the planet with the last name Friedman is Jewish, but it is a Jewish name. It's somebody who's been very outspoken and vocal about um, his faith, which is absolutely fine, absolutely cool. Uh, shout out to, I will say, shout out to Simon Miller on What Culture, who gave some wicked context to some of this in their review of NXT and AEW, who's much more unbiased than I am. Legitimately, I will say, go check that shit out. Go get an opinion from MJF himself. Go get an opinion from somebody like Paul Heyman, who's also mentioned um, the fact that he's Jewish in promos in the past, who's put that information out there in the public square, so it is now a topic of conversation, which is awesome. Don't get me wrong. That part of it is awesome. MJF's coming out there and uh, sticking up for the members of his faith, doing some advocacy for stuff. In addition to what else is going on in the world right now, which I'm not going to dig down deep into because there's a lot of topics that I myself am really ignorant on. So I'm not going to step over that line of talking about stuff that's not my place to say. To have the lead up of this story that we've heard from MJF multiple times, and then to have Juice Robinson's promo revolve around, hey, I've got a roll of quarters with your name on it. Which, a bunch of people jump to the defense of AEW and say, well, he, he always punches people with quarters. And it's like, okay. You're trying to have a cake and eat it too thing there. And I understand that you think you have a defense there. But you don't. You just don't. Now, if you want to watch that promo and say that it doesn't bug you, that's fine. If you want to tell me that it's not my place to be offended by that, I'll also agree with you on that. Because it's not my place. But I'm, I, from an outsider's point of view, I acknowledge enough of what's wrong with that, uh, with that promo to say that it will bother somebody. And that's enough. Because I don't need to worry about it bothering. I'm a sarcastic asshole. I come up here and I tear into everybody that I don't like and I praise the people that I do like and I celebrate victories like we had this past Tuesday. It is not my place to decide whether this thing was offensive or not, because if it is, it's not to me. But speaking from an outsider, and looking at the fucking news this week for half a second, I don't care if one fan, two fan, three fan, some wrestler, some other wrestler, Tony Khan himself, comes out and says, well, it didn't bother me, it didn't seem offensive to me. This week... This week, and considering the subject matter as well, I don't think there's a good time to do this ever. 
it's amplified by the fact that it wasn't a good thing to do this week. And no, it's not going to affect me. But I have this, this wild, crazy ability to look outside myself that some other people don't have and acknowledge that it will upset somebody. It will enrage somebody. It will, and I'm actually going to use the word properly, it will trigger somebody. That's enough. And you shouldn't have done it. Oh, well, MJF's trying to tie it into this speaking thing that he's doing. Okay, that part's cool. I'm not coming for MJF. This is a potentially a good idea from MJF that Tony Khan should have said no to. I'm sorry. That it, it just is what it is. The amount of damage, and to say that, to, to come back, sorry, I'm, I'm tripping on my words here because this is actually pretty fucked up. To have so many people pull back on the idea, well, it's just it's just a weapon. Everybody, you know, has brass knuckles or whatever. No. When you lead into it with the stories that MJF has told, and then, I swear to Christ, for half a second, listen to the commentary afterwards. Because the commentary drilled down on MJF's story. On exactly why it's not what you're saying that it is, just because you're standing up for AEW. And the conversations... The conversations that I've had on social media since Tuesday, some of them, actually, I should I should go in a positive direction. Some of them were awesome. Some of them were people that disagreed with what I was saying, and I disagreed with what they were saying, and I had a lot of really cool, yes, this happened on Twitter, believe it or not, yes, I had a lot of cool conversations where people came at me um, agreeing with me, and... It was like, you know, the virtual lynch mob, which is not my intention here. Please, let's be clear about that. I had a couple people that were coming at me from the opposite point of view, and we found common ground. I had people come at me from the opposite point of view where we both came in kind of hot and said, you know what, I don't agree with you, but I see what you're saying there, and, I see, you know, I see what they're saying on the other side. That was really cool. So to the people that I was having legitimate, cool conversations about this with on social media, being somebody like myself who is outside of this issue, I really genuinely want to say thank you to all of you. But the people that were just like, no, no, it's just this. Just, you know, wave it off, wave it off. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. Again, I'll go back to the whole WWE fans will admit shit. Muhammad Hassan doing the terrorist shit to The Undertaker back in the day that almost got them kicked off a of television. That shit was fucked up. As funny as I find the, um, uh, the Katie Vick stuff, because I was a kid when I was watching it, Yes, objectively, that's pretty fucked up. As much as, you know, you can cut a good promo around Paige um, bringing up Charlotte Flair's dead brother in a promo that was effective, but there's going to be somebody out there watching that show that night that's just lost their brother, their son, their father, their nephew, their uncle, whoever, who's going to be hurt by that. And does that, did it hurt me? No. At the time when I was watching, I was like, oh, you know, some pretty good heel fucking heat there. That's good. Somebody else, that's hurting them. The Muhammad, the Muhammad Hassan thing, for more than one reason, that's going to hurt somebody. It, it just is. It just is. WWE has done a lot of fucked up shit. Um, you know, Vince McMahon coming across Booker T and John Cena, uh, you know, in the promo where he used the N-word, um, yeah, funny at the time, I'm not going to lie, but shit, and probably potentially hurt a lot of people. My frustration comes from the fact that I will watch a WWE program, and I will have sort of like that nervous, like, laugh at a funeral kind of laugh, 
when WWE does something fucked up, and it's... I'm not saying that it's not fucked up. I'm laughing at how fucked up it is. WWE has done so much shit. Yes, including the Saudi Arabia shows. People tried to use this as an, as an, as an argument as well. Well, you, you've got no problem with them doing the Saudi Arabia shows. That's, that's actually not true. I will preview and review the Saudi Arabia shows because they have to do with the ongoing story going on in WWE. And just about every time, I've been perfectly clear that I am not in any way, shape, or form being okay with them and all the political shit involved in that. But I'm going to separate that from the match. I'm going to separate that from the, the storylines moving forward uh, and treat them as two separate things. Now, getting past this... Getting past this promo, getting past this really, really stupid shock TV, let's get a couple of extra viewers idea on this particular week, to the match, this does not mean that I am not looking forward to Jay White versus MJF. I will put down the money, I will watch Tony Khan's fucking product, because I want to see MJF take on Jay White. And yes, by the time we get to that, will some of the kayfabe rage of what Juice Robinson did on Tuesday contribute to that. Yes, but it isn't... This is going to sound like I'm making an Orange Cassidy pun, but I'm not. The juice isn't worth the squeeze. If you're going to damage one person to make that pay-per-view a little bit better, to make a couple more people buy that pay-per-view, buy into that match, etc., then you are literally, at that point, profiting on damaging other people. And you know it's possible. You can say, once again, you can say, I don't think it was offensive, right? You can say, oh, I talked to so-and-so, and they thought it was a little risque, but they didn't really have a problem with it. Okay, that means you and so-and-so doesn't mean. Uh, I went to my friend's church, and I talked to a youth group in their church and asked them what they thought about it, and the general consensus was that it was a little bit risque, but, you know, none of them really had a problem with it. Okay, now you've collected nine people that are not bothered by it. But the fact that you even had to turn to the next person and ask them means you know that it's going to fuck with somebody. I'm sorry. It is. WWE, I will say this, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm going to leave it. I mean, the, the, the slightly homophobic Max and Max thing is one of those on-the-line things. If they keep it as a comedy shtick, I wouldn't harp on it like I'm harping on this. This is, we're going to toss it out there and we're going to get the oohs and ahs. And then the same company, from the company accounts, from the Tony Khan account, from the friggin' Sock accounts, from the Stans, they, they got so mad. What, the, sorry, I should say, the conversations that I had with people branched off of a uh, TMZ article on Twitter because TMZ picked it up, and they were so pissed off, oh, they're coming for us, but they don't come for anybody else. Here's the thing. WWE's done a lot of fucked up shit, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep saying this because I'm, I'm losing my train of thought now. WWE's done a lot of fucked up shit, but here's the thing. At the end of the day, when you, tried, when you decided that this was a fucking good idea, here's the thing. For nine consecutive, nine consecutive quarters of television, you lost in viewership. For eight out of the nine uh, quarters of television, you lost in the demo. You you won because NXT decided to put Gallus on TV, and that's that's a loss. Even not, even though I like Gallus, nobody else likes Gallus. It's fine. So here's the thing: you lost your viewers, you lost your fucking demo, and going up against WWE 
going up against WWE and all the stupid shit that they have done in the existence of that company, you lost the moral high ground to the WWE. And trust me, I'm a WWE fan. I can say, think of the fucking ground that covers. Anyways, it's more egregious than the potentially homophobic shit. More egregious than, like, actively harassing people in another company on Twitter. More egregious than we're going to do an overrun. More egregious than we're going to try and fool people into thinking it's a pay-per-view. More egregious than thinking attacking the creators of the opposite program is going to get you any ratings. More egregious than delaying Adam Copeland's fucking debut. More egregious than falsely advertising John Moxley. More egregious than two pop title changes that fucked over Soraya, who's just now come... More egregious than any of that. You put this out there, said, eh, yeah, it's gonna hurt a couple people, but it'll get us a couple fucking views. WWE, NXT, yeah, they cheated. They used WWE talent on a WWE show. Yeah, they used their other WWE shows to advertise this WWE show when, in their own time slot, they were fucked with. Yeah, sure, they cheated, according to you. But you know what you lost? AEW, Tony Khan. You know what you lost? You lost the viewers, you lost the demo, and you lost a lot of people's fucking respect. That's what you lost. If you don't like what I'm saying right now, as I said, if you enjoy AEW, I... I, I I beg you, go enjoy your shit. Don't get me wrong. But if you don't like what I'm saying right now, go fuck yourself. I've been Spaz, your YWC reality check. Subscribe up there, talk down there, start a conversation, keep all these conversations going. Don't be a stranger. I'll talk to each and every last one of you later, but for right now, I'm tagging.